are Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Tuesday, January 26, 2021. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you can also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at TalkinHockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. If you like what you're hearing today, then be sure to subscribe to the podcast for free wherever you may listen to your podcast, whether that's through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. You'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. Also, if you're on Twitter, then please be sure to follow the Lockdown Blackhawks Twitter page at capital L, capital O, underscore Blackhawks, with some really good content being posted there every day as well. All right, ladies and gentlemen, with the Blackhawks set to play their next two games on the road against the Nashville Predators, I figured it would be a good idea for a crossover episode with Justin Bradford of Lockdown Predators. Justin, thanks for joining me today. How are you doing this afternoon, man? Doing all right, Jack. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Love to do these crossovers. Hopefully it'll be the first of many we do throughout this season. Uh, well, as I just said, the Blackhawks and the Predators are scheduled to have uh, a quick little two-game series down in Nashville. They're playing on Tuesday and Wednesday night. Uh, but before we get into that, I kind of wanted to backtrack a little bit and go back to a, a dark time for us Blackhawks <laughs> fans personally. We pick up a 50-win season. We're the top seed in the Western Conference and we get swept in the 2017 playoffs by the eighth-seeded Nashville Predators. And then, obviously, they go on to, to win the Western Conference, fall a little bit short in the Stanley Cup. Uh, the, the following year, though, that they earned the top seed in the Western Conference. And, and right then, it really looked like this run of dominance was coming for the Nashville Predators. But ever since then, it's been a little bit of a downhill, downhill spiral for the Preds. So, Justin, in your opinion, what do you think caused that turnover so quickly in this organization? It's been really interesting to see what's happened with this team because as we're talking off air, it looked like a window was going to be opening up for the Predators team right. and then it closed pretty quickly. So I, I think a lot of that is can be attributed to contract situation, team overperforming at a point, and then fan expectations getting to the skyrocket high point that when you make the Stanley Cup final, they get the taste of, oh, this is what it's like. And, <laughs> we should, and they we should expect do this that. every year. Yeah, we should do this every year. And then you follow that up. We know all up. about it. We know yeah, all about it. Yeah, then you follow that up with a President's Trophy win as well. And you're thinking, okay, well, then people start bringing up the curse, which is like, okay, come on now. But they, <laughs> they start, it's like you were the best team over on the regular season. So you earned, they, they earned what they wanted to, because at the end, right after game six of the Stanley cup final in the locker room, they're saying, we learned how important home ice advantage is. We learned that we have to battle for that. We can't just expect to be an eight seed and make this kind of run every year. We have to battle to be able to play at home. It reduces travel. You're the home team. You get last change, all these little things. So they went and they did that. They actually followed up with what they said they were going to do. Right. And they got home ice throughout. And then what <laughs> in the playoffs, uh, because you had the top two teams then, I mean, you had Winnipeg and Nashville facing each other in the second round. So not the not the best look there too, but it was one of those things. It happens. That's just the way it is, and you're supposed to be able to overcome those things. Then you go on to the next one, and well, and we saw that too. We saw a little bit of struggle happening against Colorado, and you're like, oh, oh boy, uh -oh. what's what's this? And you, Winnipeg comes up, and it's just ah. Uh. Then the next year, then you have St. Dallas. Oh, Dallas, uh, right? Dallas, yeah. Dallas comes in, and then all of a sudden, it's it's training downhill. Ever since then, it's been training downhill. Well, 
after the Stanley Cup final and then after the President's Trophy year, the team came to general manager David Poyle and said, we want to keep this team. We, we feel like we have a lot more. We have unfinished business. We want to keep the team. That was mistake number one. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just one of those things that the team wants to stay together, which I understand. You feel like you have unfinished business. You like your group. And we're talking like mini tinkering. Obviously, the team's going to change with guys retiring right. or expiring contract. But there weren't any overhauls and changes. There was one or two guys changed out. That's not enough to really change the look of it. And they basically kept the same team for three straight years. And that's just not a recipe for success. I mean, you look at what Chicago was able to do is after that first cup win in forever, when they got over that big hump, a lot of guys went to Atlanta. I mean, it was Chicago South. Yet right. They still were competitive. They were uber competitive and created a mini dynasty as well because they had good things going for them. They, they had good young guys. They were able to step right in and contribute. You had free agents that were willing to go sign there as well. So they replaced what left. Nashville didn't have any of that of guys that just jumped and left because they outpriced themselves right. kind of thing. So they didn't have to force that whole change aspect, but continue to be competitive. So all those different things have led to what happened this past off season, which there are plenty of changes from what this fan base has seen in many, many years of, of trading a guy off. You sign some different free agents, uh, you drop a few guys, you make it competitive in training camp. And so it's been really interesting to see where this has gone. And plus Pecorino is pretty much at the end of his career right now. Sorry, right. taking over the starting position. Lots of changes have happened, but that's where it kind of goes to is that they stayed when they shouldn't have stayed Pat. And that was the, the issue there is they didn't transition a little bit more when they probably should have. And they were competitive, but other teams changed. The NHL, as we know, changes as a league so often in terms of right. what's going to be successful. Peter Laviolette didn't evolve the way he probably should have as a coach in the way the game was being played. So all those different things lead up to that. Long story short, that's pretty much <laughs> what it players and non be, not being able to adapt. Right. And then, I mean, I, I feel personally like it, it left you guys now in this tough situation where I take a look at your roster and there's still plenty of talent there. Uh, and as you said, it's a lot of guys from that same, from those same teams in 2017, 2018, you still got, you know, Roman Yossi, Ryan Johansson, Philip Forsberg, Victor Arvison. There's a lot of talent still here, Justin. So even though it has been a tough last couple of years, what are the expectations now for Nashville? Are, are there thoughts of the playoffs? Is this a retool on the fly or well, what's the mindset around this organization? That's a good question. It's It's been a retool on the fly is pretty much what it's been dubbed as because you kept the core. And unless right. you're, you're going to blow up the core, you can't really call it a full rebuild. Because, I mean, you got rid of some depth players. You got rid of guys who are role players, but not faces the organization. Like Nick Benino played a key role, and he was probably the most tradable asset in terms of you're going to get something in return that's valuable coming back to you. And that's what they did with Luke Cunning. But he wasn't a face of the franchise. And same thing with some other players that they let just go or they let expire the, the third pairing on, on defense, things like that change. But the expectations for the fan base now are just please God make the playoffs right? <laughs> because they've seen the downhill trend. I mean, they lost in the playing round to the Arizona coyotes and then smacked by the Colorado yeah, avalanche. Yeah. And then what did they go do? They went and signed the guy that knocked them out of the play-in round, Brad, Brad. Richardson, <laughs> who scored in overtime. Uh, because they, they see you see a little bit of the, the involvement there is that they wanted to be harder to play against, more difficult to play against, because they got banged around. I mean, the Dallas series two years ago, they got smacked around. That's what happened the past two games for the Predators, too. They got right. smacked Oof. around uh, a lot. And even when you have guys like Mark Porvietsky out there, he's still they were still getting smacked around. So that difficult to play against is establishing the new Predator style, that Predators brand, that they were blue-collar before under Barry Trotz because they didn't spend to the South cap they didn't spend money so you had a bunch of guys that were kind of left over from other teams there would be a, a third liner on another team was a first or second liner in nashville they had to play above their wits we know uh, and so 
Oh yeah. And it's, it's been interesting to see that take place. Obviously still a young season and everything, but I think that's expectations is make the top four in the division, see what happens from there. And so they have a lot of work to do when it comes to that. Cause like you said, there's plenty of talent on this team and they should be able to make the playoffs, but it's making it come together on special teams and things like that. I mean, Chicago even saw in the playing round that they can still be pesky. They have enough tools on that team maybe minus goaltending, that they can still be pesky. <laughs> but that's all you need. You, need, you, right. you, have, you have Patrick Kane. When you have Patrick Kane, you can, you can do things. When you have Alex Dabrinkit doing what he does, you can still do things. All you have to do is score more goals than the other team. That's, that's all you have to do right. <laughs> to win a game. Yeah, easier said than done. But it's one of those things that they can still be a thorn in people's sides with Chicago. Nashville's expectations are they should be winning some games. They should have split the series with Dallas going for special teams. So it's going to be an interesting maybe trap kind of game for the Preds coming against right. Chicago. Uh, and that's what I'm I'm kind of concerned about with how they might be overlooking a little bit. And not to say that they're underestimating the power of Chicago, but they look at the roster and subconsciously, right? Like you're never going to say, oh yeah, that should be easy. Uh, but subconsciously, yeah, looking at it, you're like, oh, well, okay, this is a good confidence builder for the guys. Well, you can't overlook them because there's still plenty of weapons on Chicago that they can still make you pay. All right, ladies and gentlemen, my conversation with Justin Bradford of Lockdown Predators will continue in just a moment. But first, I need to talk to you all about rockauto.com. Rock Auto is a family business serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of different manufacturers. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can use for other important things like, you know, your mortgage or for food. So why would you choose to spend 30% 50% or even 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or at a new car dealership. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, but rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and they're always reliably low. The rockauto.com catalog is also extremely unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and you can choose the brands, special specifications, and the prices that you prefer. Best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts when you could go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts that you will ever need for your car or truck for the best possible prices? Before we get into that series a little bit, a little preview though, uh, do you think the Predators can make the playoffs in the Central Division? How do you think everything's going to shape out? I think... We assumed it's going to be Tampa probably at the top, but the rest is kind of up for grabs. What do you think about yeah. the Central? Yeah, it's it's one of those things that I think the Predators are right there on the cusp. If they could finish, I think, as high as three, they could finish as low as six. I right. don't foresee that. I really think four or five is a position that they're battling for, which is tough because you're going to have a team that's pretty decent be out of the playoffs. And I think Columbus is the, is the very good comparable for them, uh, is Columbus. That's why when they started out pretty well against Columbus, it was like, yeah. oh, okay. And then Carolina, they played well, even though they lost the one game, but they played well against them. So I think Carolina is one of those teams that will be Carolina and Tampa, potentially batting for the top. Then I, mean, I agree. saw what Dallas did. They, they could be surprising as well. So I really think it's Carolina, Tampa, Dallas, and then you have Columbus, Nashville, Florida battling for that last spot. So it's going to yeah. be interesting. Yeah, I agree. I think there's a lot of opportunities for wins there. Like, like you said, that three through six or seven can really turn out any way. It just depends on who gets hot at the right time, who takes advantage exactly. of playing against their division throughout the whole season. 
Um, and like you Especially said, in it, a short season, exactly. It's so, <laughs> so important. The regular season is all that more crucial. Um, all right, Les, as you just said, Justin, the national predators picked up a pair of victories against the Columbus blue jackets to start the season. They were two and oh, they've now dropped their last three. The Blackhawks are kind of on the flip side of that. They lost their first four. They've won their last two. They're now two, three and one through six games. The predators are two and three. Both teams have looked good in their wins, but there have been some ugly losses as well. So, Justin, what are your thoughts on the Predators heading into the series? I know it was just a tough one against the Dallas Stars. Whew, yeah, so this is what was so weird about the Predators in these two games. Five on five, the Predators are overall looking pretty good. They're creating opportunities. They're creating chances. You look at the heat maps, and they're kind of getting to the net. Well, when it comes to the power play and the penalty kill, dear God, are they awful. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's awful. And I know the jokes come in as well. Maybe they just declined the penalty. But it's its weird how a team with their first unit in the power play, and people may scoff at this, but for the National Predators, the first unit of the power play being Roman Yossi, Philip Forsberg, Ryan Johansson, Victor Arvidsson, and Matt Duchesne should be a darn good power play unit. Right. And it's produced two goals in all these games. It's, it's very frustrating to watch that because it should be better than it is. And then the second power play unit is just, garbage right now in terms of what it could be and they have a lot of tinkering to do and a lot of chemistry to build that first that first unit should have way more so special teams is what's been detrimental to this team so far when the penalty kill started off pretty good but then they faced dallas and they allowed eight power play goals in two games so dallas is i mean dallas is going to be awful for multiple games for them to just kind of (laughs) go down to average Right. On the power play I, saw, right now. I saw the predators penalty kill percents like 54 percent right now or something it's really bad. awful it's so bad and so they have a lot to work on there and they don't have much time to work on it. i mean we all know shortened season you're not gonna have much practice time you'll have a morning skate but you can't right. do intense practice time at morning skates much because you have a game to play that night <laughs> in six hours yeah and it's back to back against chicago so there's not even really time for adjustments aside from just video and the thing is they're, they're professionals they know what they need to do and it was a lot of blips and a lot of little defensive lapses and little things that they weren't clearing guys out because there were tip-ins a couple of the dallas goals were tips and that means they weren't clearing guys out of the crease like they needed to be so those little things that veterans know they should be doing they just weren't executing and i know that's predators fans would roll their eyes at that because that's been the, the problem for so long is not executing against winnipeg seasons ago it was well they, they missed a pass by an inch or they missed a shot and bring up the post by an inch or things like that where if they would have just made those little things and adjustments they could have won that series so it all goes back to the execution angle of it that hopefully with the new coaching staff, they can execute better. I mean, it's a whole new coaching staff, except for Dan Lambert, uh, who is in charge of the power play. So that has some people a little concerned there as well, but, you, but you bring in some good experienced coaches uh, that have weird, different unique backgrounds uh, like Todd Richards, who just won a cup with Tampa Bay. Uh, he's an assistant coach there. And now he's assistant mm-hmm. coach of the predators. You have Dan Hino, who's been uh, a coach. He's been a development program. He's, he's been outside of hockey. He's been a scout. So he's more of that players coach kind of guy. Uh, so it is interesting to see the types of adjustments they'll have to make and, and be prepared against Chicago. And if anything, if I'm saying what, what they need to be able to do is that if the predators are, are doing anything right, they need to be able to get lots of shots on net. That is going to be the way to beat Chicago because they have plenty of weapons to go back offensively, but you have to take advantage of what the weak point would be, with Chicago, and that would be the goaltending area. Whereas Chicago, if they're going to take advantage of the Predators, it's you just better fire pucks on net when you have a power play. You have enough talent yeah, right? out there. When Patrick Kane's out there, do his do his thing. So if the Predators stay out of the box, that's the smart play 
going in Chicago because you don't still want to tempt a team with offensive weapons that Chicago has by putting them on the power play. Dear God, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so do, do you think like the special teams is really the key battle here? Because the Blackhawks, they got the third best power play in the league coming in. Um, and that's really where, as you just said, the Blackhawks, they've just been firing the puck on that. That's their offense is really what's keeping them in the games right now. We know, we know, everyone knows we don't have a great defense. We have mystery question marks in goal. Do you think the, the special teams is really the key in this series for Nashville? If they are able to win, win the special teams battle, hang on, on the penalty kill, not get absolutely torched. Do you think they come out with a pair of wins in Nashville? This week. I think I think for Nashville, that's what it comes down to because their five and five plays pretty strong in terms of depth. Obviously, as we all know, I mean, Chicago's going through some years right now. They have, and everybody knows it's going to be lean. And so Nashville, if they're going to take advantage of it, they take advantage of it with the matchups. They had the last change. And that's the thing is you just don't expose your weaker players. Don't expose your third pairing to Patrick Kane. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's you don't, you don't put Mark Borbietsky and Matt Benning. Yeah, you, you don't do that. You have Patrick Kane going out against Roman Yossi, Ryan Ellis, or Matias Eichel and Dante Fabro. Even then, Dante Fabro is still only in a sophomore year. You don't want to do that too much. So that's when it's going to come down to is, key matchups and special teams and taking advantage of those situations or not putting the opposition, not putting Chicago in a situation to give them confidence and to build off of things because you give a young team confidence where they feel like they can get it rolling. They're going to keep rolling. I mean, look at it, the, the six, two win over Detroit. Exactly. Just keep adding on and adding on. You get them going and you get them in the right place where they don't, re- they, they forget that they have other struggles. Right. That, that they have to deal with and they have the all the confidence in the world. And they just roll. And so that's what Nashville's going to have to do is temper that and be smart. A lot of the penalties they took were the bad penalties. They were the, the you just got beat penalties. It was tripping. It was holding. There was a hooking. There's interference. Those are, those are not good penalties to take. If it's a penalty to avoid a complete absolute goal, by all means, take those. But when you're taking penalties because you got beat, that's when you're putting the team in a really bad position because it shows that you were out of position or the opposition did something that made you go, oops, I made a mistake. And right. it, it, like things like that. So if they can avoid those types of things, which Patrick Kane is good at drawing those types of things, right? I mean, he has the moves to be able to do that. That's where Nashville has to play smart hockey because if they put if they put Chicago on the power play more than four times, like what they did with Dallas, Chicago is going to make them pay. It just It's a given. They're going to make him pay. All right, the crossover episode with Lockdown Predators will continue in just a moment. But first, I need to talk to you all about Built Bar, which is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Built Bar has a ton of awesome classic flavors like banana bread, orange, German chocolate cake. And they also have six new flavors, which are caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. All of which, like the other 12 flavors, are covered in 100% real chocolate and are soft, easy to chew, and great for the keto diet. Not only are all the bars low calorie and low sugar, but they're also a great source for protein and fiber. So make sure to go to BuiltBar.com today and use the promo code LOCKDOWN in all caps to get 20% off your next order. Guys, BuiltBar just sent me a sample pack with all 18 of their flavors, and these are seriously some of the best protein bars I've ever had in my life. Cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake, they, they truly have my heart. So one more time, be sure to check out BuiltBar.com for a delicious and healthy snack option and use our promo code LOCKDOWN in all caps for 20% off your next Built Bar order. I also need to talk to you all about BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts, and be sure to use our promo code LOCKDOWN, one word in all caps, 
to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. The NFL playoffs are heading to the Super Bowl. We got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Kansas City Chiefs, Tom Brady versus Patrick Mahomes. College basketball is closing in on March Madness. NHL hockey has returned. The sports world's madness right now, and there's only one place that has you covered for all your betting needs and one place that we trust, and that's betonline.ag. You can also visit the Lockdown Podcast Network's exclusive partner on social media at betonline underscore ag to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and use our promo code LOCKDOWN, one word in all caps, and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit at betonline.ag. Do you think uh, it's interesting that you brought up this point of stupid penalties? The Blackhawks have been guilty of that themselves through the first six games. Do you think this also, just something that came to my mind real quick, do you think these kind of dumb penalties or penalties that um, we, we look at and we say, why are you taking that, that penalty? Do you think those are happening maybe because of the lack of preparation this off season where we didn't get any preseason games. We only had a week of training camp guys are, you know, still a little rusty. They've really only played seven games. Most of them have only played seven games in what, 10 months now. Do you think that could play a factor? I think it absolutely could play a factor. That's where the rust could be because what I've seen in terms of on ice product and speed and everything, most teams seem to be up to, are like they're playing at speed because they've been in small group training since late October and mm-hmm. skating everything and ready to go. But when it comes to the little things, like being smart with your hockey IQ and then taking penalties at the right time and not taking dumb penalties, yeah, I think that absolutely could play a factor in it because we've seen some of those things, especially from guys who are like, Come on, man, what are you doing? What, right? D- don't do well. that. I mean, it's, it'd be different if it's Yossi getting a cross check because he probably earns a cross check at least twice a game in maybe what it's called <laughs> once. So <laughs> he's just he's known for doing cross checks, guys in the lower back to clear him out of the crease. But hey, that's he's a veteran now. Yeah, that's and that's the, the thing sometimes. as a veteran that he gets away with that way more often, too, just because he's he knows how Respected. to hide it. Yeah, and he's respected. But I think some of those stupid things could be, yeah, it's just getting beaten because they, the way they're playing opponents too. I mean, this in all these games, you're playing opponents back-to-back and then back-to-back and then back-to-back. You're not having that diversity of opponents right off to start off the season. Like sometimes now, most of the time, you'd be playing six different teams already as well. So you're not picking up the diversity in the, in the, in the types of opponents you're playing too. So yeah, I, I definitely could attribute a lot of that to rust in terms of just being able to play the game because no preseason games, you only played yourselves and scrimmages. And so you right. have to get up to par of what it's like to play other opponents that have all different kinds of talents and the guys in your team too. Yeah. I think it's definitely going to call, I, I think the hockey has been better than I thought it was going to be though. I thought mm-hmm. it was going to be pretty sloppy out of the gate. And for the most part, I think besides maybe the passing, I think the speed has been good. And obviously the players are just so smart. The game doesn't change all that much. They think it's so fast. So I think uh, there's going to be a little bit of lapse in timing for getting uh, as prepared as I want to be, but I think it's been a good brand of hockey so far. I've been happy with it. Uh one last thing I definitely wanted to talk about before I let you go today, Justin, yeah. was the 2020 NHL draft where the Blackhawks and the Predators, they both obviously had some important picks in the first round with the team kind of heading in the wrong direction. Uh, and the Preds obviously wound up taking goaltender Yaroslav Askarov, someone that the Hawks had their eye on as well. And Hawks fans were pretty upset when we saw that he got nabbed at number 12. <laughs> what have you, what have been your thoughts uh, on selecting Askarov and did the world juniors concern you at all? Cause I know we kind of had an up and down showing for the Russians. Yeah. So uh, I'll address that one first. I mean, 
it's World Juniors. It was, it was a couple games. I know everybody's like, we can't even hold on to a stick. Everyone it's, freaks out always. Freaks out. They want to over over scout on, based on one game, especially for a goaltender. We just can't do that. Uh, so, yeah, it's one of those things that he'll bounce back and he'll be just fine. He's still young. All those guys are young. So mistakes that are made there in terms of their games, it's how they bounce back is what's going to be really important. And he'll bounce back. He's been playing in, in the K. He's been playing against men for a long time now already, he's going to be just fine. He's still two years out from being able to play for the Preds. So the development he's going to get in two more years is going to be just fine. At first, looking back at the draft, I was like, oh, they're going to do it, aren't they? They're going to do it. And then things clear up and he's <laughs> taken. And, it's, and everybody, Twitter starts, Preds Twitter starts going, he's going to do it. Poyle's going to do it. He's really going to do it. And then he did it, especially because there are other guys that I had in my list uh, thinking that the Predators could take them. They start going off. Like You start ticking them off. Like, well, the best mm-hmm. player available <laughs> is Hasperoff. <laughs> right. Here and we are. It, yep. Then it comes to that, and they get him. And that's the more I start thinking about him, going, okay, you know, it's planning for the future because Yusuf Saros has been good overall, but it's not the kind of goaltender yet that is elite. It has right. elite capabilities. I mean, Pecorine had his elite years. They just weren't able to sure. win. They weren't able to get over that hump and win. And it's tough. Everybody knows it's tough to win a Stanley Cup. I mean, even if you win multiple ones, it's because something clicked so well with, that, with those teams that they are just able to overcome any of the odds. They got close, but they weren't able to do it. Saros has not shown that elite capability yet. I mean, it still could be there. He's still young. Connor Ingram, and, and I know as of this recording too, he just entered the, the NHL Player Assistance Program, uh, but he has some, some potential as well in, in his game. But I still don't think it's the elite potential. Yaroslav Askarov has that elite potential. For sure. And so you got to prepare for the future because we all know goaltenders take some time to develop. I mean, look, even uh, even Carter Hart, has some, it's taking some time to develop. It takes time to get these guys going. And so you think three, four, five years down the road, yeah, Saros is going to be old. You don't know what's going on with Ingram, so you might as well take him. Yeah, they needed offense, but it's one of those things you're preparing for the future. And Askarov is the future there too. So I was fine with it afterwards and more and more thinking about it that it was a good pick. For them to go with because that's what they wanted and then i asked david poyle after the draft I went so david you know were you just licking your chops when you saw that he was still available was he the number one you're on your board and he went from the start Askarov was our number one that's Damn. who they wanted and they even had other teams that were calling them trying to move up because they wanted Askarov because they saw that he was that he was still available yeah That'll so they, they, he said they were they called multiple they had received calls from multiple teams asking to move up he's like nope he's ours so it's, it shows that other teams were wanting him. And I'm almost surprised that he didn't go sooner because it's, yes, it's weird to take a goaltender in the first round sometimes, but when you have a potential elite talent, we all know drafts are risks. You're taking a risk exactly. every time. Even a number one overall could still be a risk. You never know when injuries could occur. So take the risk. If he's being rated as elite potential, take the risk right now and just hope it's not a Jeremy Finley type of thing, which is another Predators goaltender taken in the first round. <laughs> Especially with, with goaltenders and picking at number 12, like the odds of picking a forward at number 12 and he's going to be as good as the top three guys, it's not very likely. Yep. But the fact that Yaroslav Askarov could have the highest ceiling and you take him at number 12, that's, that's why you take him at number 12 is because yep. of his ceiling. And if it takes him four or five years, who cares? If he's good, he's good because goalies are just on different paths. Mm-hmm. And that's just the way, the way it is. So you got to be patient with it. And I, I'm glad to hear that. You know, David Poyle was so adamant on getting his guy in. <laughs> you love to hear that confidence in drafts oh, for yeah. real. You love to hear that confidence. Uh, and it's honestly, I don't, this is just crazy to me. Pekka Renee's 38 years old. That's insane. Yeah. And just became a papa a few months ago. That's for the crazy. First time. Yeah. I saw that. I was looking at your guys' cat friendly and I was like, Pekka Renee's 38. 
I knew he was yeah. old. But, oh my God. But he got a late start. And that's the thing is he got a late start in his career compared to a lot of other goaltenders. I mean, when he started with the Predators, he was already kind of old. I mean, when he got his NHL debut, it right. took him a while to to really get going. Because, uh, I mean, his debut was in, gosh, I'm trying to go back here, 2005, 2006. He had two games. Had to be around then. And so you think he's already 24 then, and he didn't become a full-time starter until 08, 09. So 12 years ago, 12, 13 years ago, 25 already. So he got a little bit of a late start. It almost makes you think, too, of what – what could have been if maybe he has had two more years potentially, right. but you, you never know that because Pecorine, for those that don't know for, for the Blackhawks fans listening, I mean, he was drafted in a round that doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> yeah. He's also, he's also drafted as a player that was a backup and he couldn't even really be scouted, but people are saying, you got to watch him. You got to watch him. He was a backup over in Finland when he was playing. So they really couldn't get many games on a scouting. They took him not off a whim because they had other reports, but they took him just saying, well, let's flyer. go ahead and take him and see what happens. Right. Yeah. And it turned into he's probably going to be the first player to have his number retired by the Predators. And just obviously wish he could have been able to do more and get him that cup or right. anything else. And I think a lot of people realize that when you see a goaltender that's done a lot for an organization, you want them to at least have that uh, for them. And we'll see. I mean, he had he got finally got that Vezina, which was big, I know, for him. Yes. But to be to be taken in a round that doesn't exist anymore and be drafted as a backup goaltender when you, you weren't even the starter then. Right pretty cool <laughs> not many guys drafted that late go on to have as much success as he did so even though no it's, gonna, it's probably not it may not result in the cup with the preds i'm still sure he's got to be thrilled right. with the career he turned out with so all right justin thanks again for joining me for this crossover episode this afternoon man unfortunately the hawks and preds don't face off again until the end of march i think it's the 27th or something <laughs> so it'll be a little bit uh before we get to do this again but whenever we do i would love to get another crossover it was a lot of fun man thanks thanks again for joining me yeah yeah man yeah thanks for having me i appreciate it all right ladies and gentlemen i think that will wrap up tuesday january 26th episode of locked on blackhawks thank you again for tuning into the show and be sure to subscribe and to follow the locked on blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app and you'll get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day and after the show ask your smart device to play the locked on nhl podcast the NHL regular season is underway, and the best way to keep track of it all is by subscribing to Locked On NHL. Local experts each week bring you the biggest stories, game recaps, and fantasy advice all in one podcast. So be sure to subscribe to Locked On NHL wherever you may listen to your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can catch me on Twitter at my personal account, at JackBushman2, or my Strictly Blackhawks account, at TalkinHockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. For any questions at all regarding anything related to the show, you can always email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. You can hit me on one of my Twitter accounts, or you can call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, go Hawks. Let's, let's pick up a big W tonight on the road in Nashville. And thank you again for listening to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day.